Game Quest is brought to you by Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's trusted health and wellness store focusing on natural products and organic remedies to a variety of ailments. You can visit one of the four locations located in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and the newest location right here in Knoxville at 8018 Kingston Pike across the street from Trader Joe's. Smoky Mountain Organics features the best brands and CBD products, bath and body care items, organic teas, and have the largest selections of plant therapy essential oils in Tennessee, plus many more items. Being new to VolQuest, they want you to start it off by welcoming all new Vol fans at any location. If you mention VolQuest, they're going to give you 15% off the total purchase price. That's 15% off the total purchase price. If you mention VolQuest, that's on in-store purchases only. So a big thanks to Smoky Mountain Organics. Your Game Quest Old Miss edition starts now. <laughs> It's another game day for Tennessee football and first-year head coach Josh Heupel. Get in the know with GameQuest, a VolQuest pregame podcast with Ben McKee and Eric Kane. GameQuest starts now. Welcome to GameQuest Ole Miss edition. I am Eric Kane alongside Ben McKee. So glad that you guys are starting your game day with us here today at VolQuest.com on Apple Podcasts and, of course, on SoundCloud. Man, I I got to say what, Ben, I have been looking forward to this game so much. This is, you know, in, in terms of covering the football team, I don't think I've looked forward to a game more than I have this game because I think it's going to be exciting. I know the atmosphere at Neyland Stadium is going to be electric. Uh, Ole Miss, Tennessee, two high-powered offenses. I'm ready for a show tonight. I'm excited, and I think I speak for everybody listening right now, the entire fan base, and really a lot of college football Everybody's looking forward to tonight at 7.30. Yeah, I'm with you. I haven't been this excited for a Tennessee football game that I have covered since since I began covering games. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There, there has not been a game with, with this buildup, this much excitement going into the game since since I have started covering games in the press box. Now, granted, I haven't been up in the press box very long. This is just my third season up in the press box. So Jeremy Pruitt's second season, final season, and this year are the only only times I've been up in the press box. So I, I, I was in the stands in the student section in 2016 during those games. And um, – the, the, those were fun. The, the build-up to the yeah. 2016 Florida game, uh, Florida making comments about Ducks pulling trucks and Jawan Jennings going crazy and that second half of that game, that, that was a lot of fun. College game day was in town. Uh, the build-up to the Texas A&M game that year, the the, four, or the, the Georgia game as, as well down in Athens. Uh, a, a lot of the excitement in the air those weeks, and, and that's what this week has felt like. And we had a caller on the Swain event this week put it perfectly that this is what it's supposed to feel like every single week. And this is what it felt like every single week in the 90s for much of the 2000s. And, and this is what Tennessee needs to, to get back to. And I, I definitely think we've seen enough to, to assume that Josh Heupel is, is on track to getting Tennessee back to where it needs to be in terms of excitement. Uh, still a lot of questions to be answered recruiting and, 
can he get Tennessee to a point to where they can knock off an Alabama or Georgia or a Florida? But, man, so much excitement in the air. The atmosphere is going to be awesome. Stadium sold out. Checker Neyland. Lane Kiffin's back in town. Tennessee football is exciting again, yep. even if it's only year one. Um, Ole Miss is a top 25 team on, on top of Lane coming back to town. Matt Corral may win the Heisman. He, he's definitely a Heisman candidate. And Hendon Hooker is playing great football in his own right. So just so much excitement, and I'm with you. I, I don't remember the last time it was this exciting. I, I guess it would be the 16th season. So I guess technically I do remember, but it feels like forever ago. And let me just say this right off the top, and I don't want to speak for you, but you can jump in here after I get done and, and give your thoughts on this. I, I mean, as you guys saw from our picks that we released yesterday, I picked Tennessee to lose. I think um, I think I had it forty two thirty eight. Uh, ben, I know you had you picked Tennessee to lose as well, but I completely think this is a toss up game. And I understand usually toss up games go to the home team and all that, but I, I get that. But um, the reason I picked Ole Miss is because I, I'm going to side with. When you have two mirroring offenses, I'm going to side with the better quarterback and the offense that's a year ahead in the rebuild, essentially. And that's that's the only reason I picked Ole Miss. But I think any team can win this game. I think Tennessee can absolutely win this football game. It's going to come down to making a big stop, you know, taking advantage of the miscues from Ole Miss, winning the turnover battle, all that type of stuff. But this game is completely up to grabs for me. Completely up to grabs for me. Um, but for the sake of picking, of course, I'm going to go with the more – uh, you know, Ole Miss and the better quarterback and the team I feel more comfortable with. Um, but, man, I, I really do feel like, and again, as you pointed out there, this feeling, this game day feeling, the vibe in Knoxville all week long, you know, this is what it used to feel like. Maybe this is the start to what it could be like again. You know, if Tennessee, you're going to find out a lot about, uh, you're going to find out a lot about this football team today. And certainly over the next, you know, month stretch of games, because, of course, you got Alabama next week. Got the off week. You got Kentucky. Then you got George. You're going to find out a lot about the football. And there are going to be losses on the schedule. Let's be real. But if you win this football game tonight, Ben, we're going to work Monday morning and we're talking on radio about a top 25 football team. And I mean, you talk about a hell of a job for Josh Heupel. He's already done a good job, in my opinion. But if you win this football game, you will be ranked, in my opinion. You already got votes this past week. You talk about a hell of a first start through seven games in a, in a marquee win against the 13th team in the country. Great opportunity for Tennessee tonight, and certainly it's there for the taking because, as we'll get into, Ben, that defense, it's not Missouri bad, but it's not good. Tennessee will definitely be a top 25 team if it wins, and it's going to have every opportunity to win this football game because of that Ole Miss defense that is just putrid, awful against the run, awful against the pass, Obviously, if, if you're awful against the run and, and, and the pass, then you're going to give up a lot of points. So yep. scoring defense, they are not good. Total defense, not good. 12th in the it's, SEC in both. Yes, it's it's just abysmal for, for Ole Miss's defense. I don't have the, the stat right in front of me, but I believe they are second worst against the run in the SEC and third worst against the pass. I keep getting them flip-flop this week, but uh, point being, they're at the bottom for both in, in, in the SEC ranks. So Tennessee is going to be able to put up a ton of points. And just to address uh, what you were talking about with our picks, um, I, I picked Tennessee to lose 45-41. to 41. And, and the reasoning why I think Tennessee will lose this game is not because 
because the offense, I, I think the offense is going to put up points. I, I would be surprised, and, and quite frankly, I'd be disappointed if I were Tennessee if I did not put up 40 on this Ole Miss defense. Mm-hmm. I would be very disappointed because, like you said, not Missouri bad, but it's South Carolina level bad. 102nd is- in the country in FBS. And so, put it in perspective, I'm not sure where South Carolina is. I apologize. Missouri is 129, which is so bad. Uh, but Ole Miss is 102. And so, I mean, that that is that is not getting it done. Correct. So, I would be disappointed if I'm Tennessee and I don't put up at least 40 because it is there for the taking. So, I, I have – plenty of confidence in the offense uh, going into this football game and the, the uncertainty of Tyon Evans, that is certainly a big question mark and a, a huge concern, but with Hendon hooker, hopefully Jabari small can carry the football for more than five, five attempts. Um, and, and even Laneith Whitehead, I mean, I, I feel like they can get the job done even if Tyon uh, gets gets out there and, and warm ups and, and doesn't feel like he can give it a go. Or if, if he gets into the game and he doesn't feel like he can give it a go, like I still think Tennessee can run the football, especially because it's looking like Cooper Mays is going to be back. Don't know that a hundred percent certain, but it's trending in that direction. Uh, you get Jerome Carvin back over at guard and, and you're back to where you were along the offensive line. Now, hopefully Cooper, like Jabari Small can stay in the game because when Cooper came back, uh, I guess it was against Florida. I mean, in the second half, Cooper or whenever Cooper left the Florida game, he, he did not need to be in there yeah. uh, after he suffered that initial injury against the Bowling Green. So hopefully this time when Cooper is back, it's it's for good and he's able to stay in. So I have plenty of confidence in the offense, but and this is where people aren't going to like what I'm going to say, and, and that's fine. But I think the defense for Tennessee is going to come back down to earth just a little bit. Uh, I don't think Tennessee's defense is bad uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but I also don't think it's as good as the stats indicate. And again, I think Tim Banks has done a tremendous job this season. I I really do. I, I think a lack of talent and depth is going to be on display this game for the defense rather than a lack of competitiveness lack of fire, lack of schematics, lack of X's and O's. This is where the talent difference in Ole Miss's offense and Tennessee's defense is going to show up to me. And here in a minute we can go position by position, Eric. But I just think Tennessee's defense is is going to come back down to earth just a little bit, and that's going to be the difference in this football game for me. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have – not not only a guy that's in the Heisman conversation, but, I mean, he's top two right now, okay, and Matt Corral, you know, channeling down Tennessee's safeties and, and Jalen McCullough and Trayvon Flowers, who have struggled at times this year. You know, Tennessee's uh, and the linebacking corps of uh, Aaron Beasley and Jeremy Banks, stuff like that. I mean, I would agree with you. And, I mean, let's be real here. Let's, I mean, it, it's, it's no secret. I mean, Ole Miss's schedule has been a lot tougher than Tennessee's. You opened up Louisville. Uh, then you had uh, Alabama uh, two weeks ago, and then you had Arkansas. And those are some good football teams, the, the last two. Um, and then you compare and you see what Tennessee's done. I mean, yeah, Tennessee has gone out and just beat the crap out of Missouri and South Carolina. And that's good because you took advantage of that opportunity and you ran with it. And that's something to be proud of, and that's something to celebrate. But um, you scored 14 points in the first half against Florida, and then were shut out the rest of the way. 
Can Tennessee play four quarters of football? That's one of the main things I'm looking for because against a quality, quality opponent, Tennessee's not done that yet, and that's going to be critical. And, and again, playing a four-quarter football game against a quality opponent comes back to what you said. It's you need depth. You need players. And we know Tennessee's roster just isn't built that way right now. Um, you know, So we'll have to see how it fares up against tomorrow. Um, man, let, let's go ahead and just break this this matchup down. We can start with, uh, with, with the highlights. It's going to be offense, 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 offense. And, and that's what's going to more offense. Yeah, yeah, and, and that and that's fine because I mean it's it's going to be entertaining. It might be the longest game in Neyland Stadium history. Let, let's let's pour on some coffee and <laughs> do we and know that. the record? I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure it's in the game notes if I if I look it over. But um, you know, Matt Corral leading that charge. You've got three experienced backs. Of course, their best back and Jerry Ely uh, missed last week's game, but uh, three experienced backs. You got a couple of good receivers that are really really good and, and a quarterback that has not turned the football over at all yet this year. You know, last year, man, when it rained, it poured for Matt Corral. He was super talented, one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. But in those games, boy, he was turnover heavy. He's not throwing a pick yet this year. I think he's due. Um, you, you hope that it's going to happen today if you're if you're Tennessee. But he also affects the game running the football. He's a second-leading rusher, 322 yards, a team-high eight touchdowns on the ground and something Tennessee has struggled with in mobile quarterbacks. Can he pick it at times against uh, Pittsburgh? And of course, Emory Jones, that is going to be such a challenge for the volunteers today is keeping contain, sticking your plant foot in the ground and forcing everything back inside and running to the football. Something Tennessee does do well, Ben is run and swarm to the football. They're going to have to be all over it today because again, this is, and you got Bryce Young in a few weeks. I get that. But this is, you know, if not the best, the 1B to that conversation of best quarterbacks you're going to see all year. I agree. I agree. And just to show my work as to why I think Tennessee's defense is, is going to come back down to earth is mainly up front along that offensive line. Ole Miss's offensive line, I don't think it's enough credit for helping Matt Corral and that offense. They're, they're strong at left tackle. Uh, with Nick Broker, they're, they're strong at right guard with Ben Brown, uh, and then they're solid elsewhere. So uh, I, I I can see Tennessee's defensive line maybe getting pushed around uh, a, a touch, and uh, that's the last thing you need when you have Matt Corral back there and, and you have three running backs that are more than capable. Jerion Ely, I believe his status for the game is up in the air, but even if he can't play, Snoop Connor uh, is a – a stud behind him, Henry Parrish, uh, also another great back. And and they're really talented at receiver. And those receivers do a great job of helping Matt Corral have the amount of success that they have with Dontario Drummond, Jonathan Mingo. Uh, now Jonathan Mingo is out with a broken foot, but they also have Braylon Sanders. So they had three great receivers. They're down to two. Um, Mingo's out with a broken foot, like I just mentioned. So just a, a lot for Tennessee to account for. And – I do think that although I may see Tennessee's defense be overwhelmed by talent, I think Tennessee's – I know that this, this is going to sound cliche and maybe a little corny, but I, I really feel this this way that they can make up for it with their effort and their intensity. You, you mentioned it, swarming to the football, yep. a gang tackling, which is pretty much the same thing, <laughs> just different ways to say it. But everybody swarming to the football when – Matt Corral dumps it off on a receiver screen or uh, to the halfback in motion out of the backfield on a swing pass. Just everybody swarming to the football. 
and not allowing broken tackles. I think that's something that Tennessee will do a good job at. And I, I feel like Tennessee has been a very good tackling team for the most part this season. It seems like when they've struggled to tackle, it's been when it's, it's been late in the game and they've been on the field a ton. Uh, it feels like that's when they've missed the most tackles. But for the most part, Jeremy Banks, Aaron Beasley, Theo Jackson, um, Alante Taylor, those, those okay. guys are really yeah. good tacklers, and they're going to be key. Jalen McCullough, I know he's had his issues this year, and I expect Lane Kiffin to pick on him. He's, yep. he's got to have a big game. Trayvon Flowers, got to have a big game. So uh, I, I do think that there are ways for Tennessee to slow down this offense, even if the offense has more talent um, by, by some of those things that we just mentioned. And they have to find a way to force turnovers. You, you, you gotta, you gotta find a way to get, I, I don't even know if one is enough uh, to, to create extra opportunities for your offense. You gotta be and, plus two at the minimum, plus two at the minimum. Mm-hmm. And on top of forcing turnovers, gotta win fourth down lane lane is going to go for it several times. Sam Pittman said on the sec teleconference this week, that Sam that, uh, that lane going into the Arkansas game, was averaging going for it six times per game and that the situation in the game, regardless of what quarter, the the distance on fourth down, what side of the field, and Josh Heibel's talked about it too, that Lane's pretty much willing to go for it anytime he wants to, regardless of of the situation. So if Tennessee's defense can stop Ole Miss on fourth down, and create a, a couple of turnovers to give the offense extra opportunities to put more points up on the board, then Tennessee's going to have a real good chance of winning this game. In fact, if, if they do those things, I think Tennessee does win this football game. It, it's it's going to come down to can Tennessee's defense slow down Ole Miss's offense just enough. You don't have to shut them out. You don't have to shut Matt Corral down. You don't have to, to shut down the receivers, the backs. You don't have to do that. You just have to play – Good enough. You have to slow slow them down just enough to keep them off the board and allow that offense that, that Tennessee has clicking right now to put up points. So I know we're really harping on this this matchup between Tennessee's defense and the Ole Miss offense, but that to me truly is going to be what determines this football game because, again, I think you can go ahead and pencil 40 or more points on the scoreboard for Tennessee. As I wrote earlier this week and I said in my, uh, my Friday Locked on Balls podcast, that you can find literally wherever on every single platform. Go ahead and subscribe there today. Shameless plug. Uh, you know, it, it's the offense. We're all talking about it right now, but I think it's going to be which defense makes that big stop or forces that big turnover late in the ball game. That's going to be the lasting impression because as you pointed out, that will be the difference in this game, in my opinion, because I think the offenses will be able to run and score. Uh, not at will, but, you know, they will find their success and do what they do. Uh, something you brought up there, and I was going to harp on that next is fourth down. You can't just you know, play three downs. You got to play four downs, complete four downs, because you mentioned the fourth down success. I'm going to give you the numbers. 75% Lane Kiffin, Jeff Levy, the Ole Miss offense, 75%, 18 of 24 on the season. Ole Miss has gone for it on fourth down 24 times, and they have converted on that 18 times, 75%. That is incredible, the quantity of the time they go for it on fourth down. So, you can't just play three downs. You've got to play four downs. Now, Josh Heupel said in his Monday press conference that he expected everybody that missed the game to be back. We'll have to see and keep track of exactly who's out there in warm-ups and all that, but expecting to see Theo Jackson, I think that'll be a big help to Nico Slaughter. 
<clears throat> excuse me. And if you get those guys back, you have an emerging guy in Brandon Turnage who was the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. And so he could go in and spill somebody at corner. He can go in there and spill somebody at star. You can go in there and allow Theo Jackson to move back and play a little safety. You can be creative in the back end because, and Rob pointed this out earlier in the week, I think you're, or uh, Brent did, I think you're going to have to play a lot of players, not only on the defensive line, but in the secondary as well because of the volume and the pace and everything that's going to happen with Ole Miss. So um, it's a great offense. And as we transition over to Tennessee's offense, just kind of looking at the success of these offenses head to head. I mean, you've got, you got Ole Miss that is second in the nation with 561 yards per game. You got Ole Miss as third in the na- nation in 46 yards per game, 46 points per game. You have Tennessee that, you know, is keeping pace in the SEC in terms of, you know, sixth with, or excuse me, with, um, you know, third in the SEC with 474 yards per game. You have Tennessee third in the SEC with 41.5 points per game. That's seventh nationally. Okay. You have quarterback battle with Hinton Hooker actually getting the edge here of 185.9 quarterback rating. That's fifth in the country, first in the SEC. Matt Corral, sixth in the country, second in the SEC at 182.4. You have two teams that love to run the football. Okay. Uh, Ole Miss is top five in the country, Tennessee seven. You have two great offenses that are going to work here tonight, and you know that's going to be the show. But uh, you know, it, it, when now when you look at Tennessee, everybody's talking about Matt Corral, Ole Miss, and all that. But you know, Hendon Hooker, he is he is playing lights out right now. You know, Tennessee is running the football at a great pace, even if Cooper Mays is not able to go and give it everything you need him to give it. You know, if he's able to come out and give you something, then have to leave. You know, you have confidence now in what Jerome Carvin's been able to do at center, and you know, in parts of what Ollie Lane's been able to do at left guard. So. Regardless of the status of anybody on the offensive line, regardless of what happens with Tyon Evans in the backfield, if he can or can't go, depending on pregame warmups, Tennessee, as you point out, should run the football. Jabari Small, Lenith Whitehead, Jalen Wright, um, you know, Pierce, whoever it is, do what you do well and what Ole Miss fails to do, and that's run the football, and everything else opens up from that. So, I'm just really excited to see this. And if you look at Tennessee's offense compared to uh, Ole Miss's defense, you got a couple of players, their best, their best players, Chance Campbell in the, in the middle at linebacker. Otis Reese, the star player, is really, really good. You know, Keydron Smith that plays a little corner, plays safety as well. Um, he is uh, leading the team with two interceptions. A lot, so much opportunity to get what you want to get accomplished if you're Tennessee's offense against this Ole Miss defense. Again, I think you can go ahead and pencil 40 on the scoreboard for for Tennessee obviously the players don't need to think that way but I'm not on the team so I can say that Uh, this Ole Miss defense is not good they can't stop the run they can't stop the pass Uh, there's been dysfunction between Lane Kiffin and defensive coordinator DJ Durkin with with Lane uh, essentially throwing Durkin under the bus earlier this week for for the defense not doing that great of a job and you see his comments post game mm-hmm, those are the ones that i'm that i'm referencing it, uh, you, you can't even blame him either he, he was just like our defense couldn't make literally one stop and it's just like you look at the scoreboard 52 51 well he's not wrong <laughs> mm-hmm, yep that that's that's a fact lane but still still a little weird to see him throw his defensive coordinator uh, under the bus like that and there's there's been some other comments uh made publicly uh, as as well so uh, I, I do think that that is a thing and that absolutely has an effect 
on on the defense. I, I truly believe that. So seems to be a little dysfunction on top of not being able to, to stop the run, not being able to stop the pass. And I, I think Tennessee should be able to do whatever it wants offensively. Again, I am a little concerned about Tyon Evans. I, I do think that that changes the outlook on the running back room. And and mainly because the, the Tyon ankle gate, Tyon ankle situation uh, is paired with the Jabari Smalls shoulder yep. injury. If if Jabari Small was fully healthy, then it, it would not be as concerning to me because I think Jabari Small is is a more than capable capable back. I do think Tyon is better than Jabari, but Jabari is a good running back and can absolutely get the job done against the bad defense. He would have gone for a hundred yards against Missouri had he been able to carry the ball for more than three three attempts, and and he would have gone for plenty of yards against South Carolina as well. So that's what makes the the tie-on injury so concerning. Yes, he's one of Tennessee's better players. He has home run ability on his runs, but you don't have really any other guy that you know you can count on in his absence because you don't know what you're going to get from Jabari Small's shoulder. Lenith Whitehead, I like Whitehead, but he's a youngster. He's not he's not small or, or tie on right now. Uh, and, and he's still learning, like you said. And then other than that is it's Marcus Pierce and uh, D Beckwith hasn't played yet. So they definitely won't throw him in against Ole Miss. So I do think the offense should put up a ton, but there is a little bit of concern, uh, a lot of concern, honestly, if, if Tyon Evans cannot go, but aside from that, this Ole Miss defense is, is just bad, just, just flat out bad. And they, they do have a couple of good players, I really like Otis Reese. Their their nickel, their safety kind of rotates a lot in that secondary uh, transfer from Georgia, who uh, the coaches over there at Ole Miss have raved about uh, since he got there last year and had to sit out because of NCAA stuff uh, because of transferring. Tennessee fans are very familiar with Kia Henry at outside linebacker, uh, was once committed to Tennessee and uh, decided to go to Ole Miss. And he, he's been pretty solid there, again, at outside backer. Uh, you mentioned Chance Campbell, uh, Momo Sanago. He, he's good. Those are their middle linebackers along the defensive line. Sam Williams at defensive end is is pretty solid. And, and they have a bunch of names along there too deep that Tennessee fans should be familiar with. I, I mentioned Lakia Henry, but Jamon Gordon, the yeah. G, former Juco defensive lineman that Pruitt was recruiting. Uh, you got Taiwan Malone, who Tennessee really wanted last year, but chose to go to Ole Miss. Uh, so, again, th- this Ole Miss defense just has plenty of holes in it. And, and maybe I'm getting too far ahead of myself, and, and maybe this will come back to bite me later on. But I, I just think Tennessee should be able to – you you, sh- you could go ahead and pencil 40 on the board, in, in my opinion. If Tennessee's offense is as efficient as it was the last two weeks, not turning the football over, not committing penalties, they will score 40 or more tonight. Well, I mean, yeah, just check your work. Look what Tennessee's done so far this season, and you have every ground to stand on to, to, to make a statement like that. Now, will Tennessee score 28 in the first quarter? I mean, fans like to, to, to hope so. I didn't think that would happen two straight weeks. I wouldn't expect that to happen again, but uh, you know, Tennessee's more than capable to do what it's done against uh, Ole Miss than it did against Missouri and South Carolina because, again, it's in the roundabout same playing field, in my opinion. Um, you know, One significantly worse than the other, but I get that. Uh, let, let me ask you this, man. In, in the midst of this week, I'm putting you on the spot, so I apologize. But in the midst of this week and injuries and everything, and, and people you talk to, uh, is J- is Jalen Wright going to give it a go? Uh, you know, b- battling some turf toe, and that's going to be a lingering issue. But w- will he be available to suit up? And and if Tennessee needs him to to give it a run today, 
I think it's a game time decision. Right. I think they'll they'll get him out there in warm ups and and see how that toe is is feeling. It has been a a nagging injury, and unfortunately, he's he's kind of fallen to the wayside. If people and, ask me, is it more the injury or is it more Whitehead? I'm like you know, Whitehead probably took advantage of the injury situation with with Jalen Wright, but he's earned what he's getting right now uh, heading into the Missouri game. I think Whitehead has passed Jalen Wright. Yeah, and Jalen's issue is, is a little bit of being a true freshman and understanding when to bounce things and, and when not to, and just also the, the little details of playing the running back position, like pass pro and things of that nature. Uh, and then on top of that, he he's dealt with a nagging toe injury. So uh, he, he's kind of fallen behind. I mean, I just listed off all the running backs. If, <laughs> if uh, Jabari and Tyon can't play, and I didn't even mention Jalen Wright, and, and that was by accident but also because he has fallen behind because of this nagging toe injury. And he did have a good fall camp, but uh, I I don't, he hasn't lived up to to the hype yet. And and that's okay. He's going to be a good back for Tennessee, especially in this offense. It's just, uh, he's not ready yet. And and he's dealing with an injury. So hopefully he can give it a go because Tennessee's going to need all hands on deck because even if Tyon can go, even if Jabari can go, you just don't know how Jabari's shoulder, Tyon's ankle is going to react to the first time it takes a hit, the third hit, the fifth hit, the seventh hit. You just don't know how how much you're going to be able to get out of those guys, even if they can play. I mean, battered and bruised. Uh, as I mentioned with Jalen Wright, um, I believe that toe is going to be an issue all year long until you rest. Jabari's small shoulder, it will be an issue all year long until you rest. Uh, no one's ever going to be 100% in Tennessee uh, really out. I mean, Lenny Whitehead was on the injury report last week. So, I mean, you know, outside of Marcus Pierce, uh, deep back with, I guess, I mean, you don't have a healthy running back right now. So, um, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, man. It, it really is. I want to, I want to plug this note real quick. Arkansas ran for 350 yards against Ole Miss last week. So again, I understand Tennessee's running back group is battered and bruised, but if you got somebody back, back there to tote the rock, with this offensive line, the proof is in the pudding. Go out there and get you some because it, it's going to be out there for the taking. And as this offense, everything opens up from that run game. Josh Heupel's mentioned it countless times. Jerry Mack has mentioned it. Alex Golish has mentioned it. Do what you do well and then allow things to open up. And, and I think that's what's going to happen. Plus, Hendon Hooker is going to have to be a big part of the run game, uh, just like Matt Corral will be uh, in this football game as well. Then, uh, as far as the environment, you know, how big – and, again, I think it does play into a factor. Now, is it the reason a team wins or loses the game? Absolutely not. But how much this stadium is probably going to be rocking tonight, the fireworks show, it's going to be sold out, it's checkered kneeling, all that type of stuff, getting loud, especially on third downs. How much do you expect that type of stuff to maybe play into a factor in intimidation early in the football game? You know, and keep in mind too. I mean, you know, a lot of these we're, we're over halfway through the season after tonight now. So I mean, you've gotten a couple of true road games already. But man, when Nealon's rocking, it, it, it's like nothing else in college football. It, it's one of the best environments in in all of sports, quite frankly. Not not just college football, but uh, good luck rep- replicating that much noise, that much piss and vinegar, so to speak. Uh, that many people all in, in one spot. Good good luck replicating that in any sport at, at any level. It's one of the best scenes 
in college football. And I think that's one of the things I'm most excited for Tennessee this weekend is that they get a chance to remind folks how special of a place Tennessee is uh, in, in the midst of the losses over the past few seasons and just the, the negative energy around the program. People have forgotten, not, not people within Tennessee's fan base or within Knoxville, but college football as a whole outside of Knoxville, they, they've forgotten how special Tennessee is, uh, what Neyland Stadium is and can be. And I, I think it's going to be a great, great, great reminder on Saturday night exactly what it is. And it's one of the best atmospheres in college football, if not the best. You, you can't name three, four, five atmospheres in college football better than Tennessee when Neyland is absolutely rocking. And that's going to be the case on Saturday. Will it, will it intimidate Ole Miss? I don't think so. But it will play a role in this football game, just not in terms of an intimidation uh, way. I, I think it'll mess up the communication and generate some false starts, um, a delay of game. I mean, I think you'll see a couple of those. If, if Florida can go to freaking Kroger Field and have eight false starts, then Neyland Stadium can generate three or four delay of games or false starts. So Matt Corral has all the confidence in the world. Matt Corral has that Lamonte Turner mindset to him, that Jawan Jennings type of mindset to him. Go back and watch Matt Corral when he was a freshman and would, would get personal foul penalties against him like Jeremy Banks because he was that confident in himself and, and he wasn't afraid to let you know about it. So he's not going to be intimidated by this by this environment. If anything, he'll thrive off of it uh, because guys like that do thrive off of those type of atmospheres. But again, I do think it'll it'll impact their communication, and I think they'll they'll struggle to communicate at times. And um, what what better time to do so than if it's third and three, and all of a yep. sudden it's third and eight because they can't communicate to the left tackle uh, how they're going to slide the protection couple more things. We'll be brief here. One thing I want to get to before bowl predictions and uh, just hit it really quick. The social media game from Ole Miss this week has been incredible. Okay. Um, that's how you do it, in my opinion. You are the athletic communications department. That's not what Tennessee does, but it's what Ole Miss is doing. They're following the lead and the personality of their head coach and Lane Kiffin. The graphics, I thought, had been fantastic. So I have no issue with it. But let me just say this right now, and everybody listening, if Tennessee wins this football game tonight, all hell better be unleashed on those tweets, those gifts, those trolls. They, I mean, there's been three times this week that the athletic communications department have have formulated tweets and gifts and, and graphics and all that type of stuff and tweeted it out from that Ole Miss football account and just trying to poke the bear of Tennessee, you know, playing checkers with chess, uh, the, the flag tweet about, Great environment at Neyland Stadium, all that type of stuff. I I love that in college football. Tennessee and Ole Miss are not a rivalry. I mean, they played a ton throughout their history, but they they you know they haven't played since what 2014. They played seven times since '95 or whatever. Um, I love that type of stuff. It just it just adds gasoline to the flame heading into a big game, and uh, I I think that's uh, just 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 great stuff. And, and again, like I said, if, if Tennessee wins this football game fully expect retaliation on the part of more so than already has been uh, on those social media tweets. I, I would love to know how many 
Tennessee fans already have something typed up in their drafts ready yep. to tweet out after the game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, let's do bowl predictions. I'll start us off here. Bowl prediction. Matt Corral has not thrown an interception all year long. He throws two tonight. Pick Alante Taylor. Dropped about three last week. He's going to get him one tonight. So I'll go an interception, Alante Taylor, an interception, uh, Warren Burrell. We'll stay with the two cornerbacks. So bowl prediction, two picks for Matt Corral, Alante Taylor, Warren Burrell. I like it. I like it. That That is very bold considering Matt Corral has not thrown an interception yep. this year. That That is that is very bold. Uh, my bold prediction, hmm. hmm, where should I go this week? I'll say Valus Jones has over 100 receiving yards. And over a hundred kick return yards. Yeah, I'm not saying that he'll he'll take one to the house. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm I'm not going to go that bold. I'm I'm going to chicken out on a kickoff return for a touchdown. I almost got it against Tennessee Tech. Yeah. Um, but I'll say a hundred receiving yards and a hundred kickoff return yards. He's going to have plenty of opportunities, and he's dynamic with the ball in his hands, as we know. And he's going to play a role in flipping field position. So 100 receiving yards for Valus plus a touchdown and over 100 kick return yards. I like it. I like it. I mean, the bad thing about you know returning kicks nowadays is you see so many touchbacks and fair catches and everything. But I, I want to see him with the ball in his hand. And like you said, I mean, <laughs> you kick off six to seven times in a ball game. I mean, you'll have, you know, over a 50% chance a lot of times to try to make something out of it. So uh, I like that as well. Not only is this a big, big time football game for Tennessee tonight, but a massive recruiting weekend, recruiting day for uh, the Volunteers. Ben, uh, you have worked really hard compiling a list here, um, and you know, Tennessee's got tons of commits that are going to be in house. I mean, probably over ten commits that are going to be in house. Five star Walter Nolan's going to be here. Three star a wideout Caleb Webb's going to be here. A lot for the twenty three class. A lot of local talents. Um, you know, a guy that balled out on rivalry Thursday a couple of nights ago and, and Deshaun Bishop, he's going to be back again as we, I put that note in the general quarters a couple of nights ago. Um, you know, the, a, a lot of talent's going to be here on campus and a lot of content's coming up on uh, Sunday and, and next week. Absolutely. And in early Sunday morning, I mean, we'll, we'll be jammed, packed, full of content from like 1 a.m. until – Josh Heupel's noon presser to preview the Alabama game and into that afternoon and into the Monday night chat and into the Tuesday podcast, because as we talked about, this game is going to go on until midnight. Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to try to grab some recruits after the game's over and, and throw those up on the site as we always do. So uh, a lot of recruits in town, uh, Eric just mentioned it, uh, a lot of big time recruits uh, as well. Tennessee starting to pick up momentum on the recruiting trail. Uh, such such a huge game in that sense as well, Kaner. I think Tennessee will will leave an impression, even just by a recruit showing up and seeing the atmosphere. Yeah. But boy, what it what 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 it would mean to to see Hendon Hooker if you're Jaden Davis, the 2024 mm-hmm. quarterback, who some view as the top overall player in his class, definitely the top quarterback as of right now. 
what would it mean to see Hendon Hooker just absolutely ball out in, in that scene? It, it would be quite huge. But we'll have plenty of content, plenty of recruits. I mean, literally starting after the game and <laughs> into the morning and into the afternoon and, and throughout we'll have our regular. Uh, I was gonna say throughout content. the next couple of weeks as well because we'll we'll, we'll store it, some of that. A busy, 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 busy time. You can't get enough busies in there. And then we'll have our our regular content for takeaways and all that fun stuff. And uh, you know, according number one player for the class of twenty twenty two, according to another publication, and Walter Nolan, the five star, he's going to be in town as I, as I mentioned. You know, he was at A and M last weekend. I mean, you talk about everything going right when hosting a five star. What happened with Texas A and M last weekend? You know, if Tennessee with just the environment alone, and then if you're able to pull off a win, you talk about two excellent recruiting weekends for one prospect back to back. Sky's the limit. So the stage is set. A big night coming up for Tennessee, looking to get win number five on the season and SEC victory number three. And we're going to have you covered all throughout the day and throughout the weekend, post game and more here on VolQuest. Game Quest brought to you by Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products, organic remedies to a variety of ailments. You can visit one of the four locations in Gallenberg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, and the newest location in Knoxville at 8018 Kingston Pike, right across the street from the Trader Joe's. And if you're going in-store and you mentioned VolQuest, they're going to give you 15% off your total purchase price. In-store only, mention VolQuest, 15% off your total purchase. For Ben McKee, I am Eric Kane. Thanks so much for starting your game day with us here on GameQuest Old Miss Edition. You've been listening to GameQuest, a VolQuest pregame podcast with Ben McKee and Eric Kane. Stay dialed in to VolQuest.com for complete game day coverage. This has been GameQuest, a VolQuest production.